I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. This is Play Me, Canada's national digital theatre. Each week, we take new and underproduced theatre scripts and short stories and turn them into contemporary radio dramas. I'm Laura Mullen. And I'm Chris Tolley. Welcome back to Play Me. This week, we feature the conclusion of Low or Dear Mr. Wells by Rose Napoli. Last week on Play Me. I have never treated you like... Like a student? That wasn't what I was going to say. Is there a chapter in the hand guide on how to handle a physical attraction to your students? I am feeling things that I've not felt in a long time. Your classroom is no longer the strangest place I've had sex, Mr. Wells. I think you'd be impressed and, frankly, knowing you, a little turned on. Fancy room. I splurged. You didn't say it'd be this fancy. I'm going to take a shower. I'll come with you. No way, little miss. You stay in bed. Sarah, pick it up, I remember thinking. Hello? took out a pile of shirts and began throwing them, one by one, before us. Shirts of linen and thick silk and fine flannel, which lost their folds as they fell and covered the table in many-colored disarray. While we admired, he brought more, and the soft, rich heap mounted higher. Shirts with stripes and scrolls and plaids and coral and apple green and lavender and faint orange and monograms of Indian blue. Suddenly, with a strange sound, Daisy bent her head into the shirts and began to cry stormily. They're such beautiful shirts, she sobbed, her voice muffled in the thick folds. It makes me sad because I've never seen such, such beautiful shirts before. See? You read beautifully. The material makes it easy. It should be just as easy to read your own work. I'm not quite on par with Fitzgerald just yet. Let that insecurity strengthen your work. Fear does nothing but paralyze me. Fear is a useful tool if you allow it to exist. If you harness it, if you're vulnerable enough to share it. And you do all those things with your writing already. Were you ever nervous when you first started teaching? I'm still nervous some days. Of what? I always question myself. Um... Does what I have to say actually matter? Do these kids need this information? How do I choose what's important for a young person to learn? That's your job. I worry about other things, too. Base things. Sometimes I feel like a child. Will they like me? Am I interesting enough? Am I worthy? Exactly. See what you have to look forward to, Laura? A lifetime of insecurity? That's why we're doing this work. Why I'm pushing you. I know you hate the public sharing, but you are so talented. You're going to be something great. Your writing is so mature and raw. Even if it costs you, and it will cost you, you have to share it. Because you are too talented and beautiful to be a secret, Laura. 
I'm going to surprise you, Mr. Wells. You'll see. Soon, I'm going to surprise you. I don't doubt that. Laura. Uh, no, never mind. What? Did you... You probably didn't. Did I what? Sarah just said that she called my phone last week and thought someone picked up. And didn't say anything. Oh. It was the day we were at the hotel. Hmm. I'm not blaming you. It could have been anything. The phone picked up from my back pocket. I'm just asking. Uh, did you... You didn't pick up the phone, did you? No. I thought so. It was probably just in your pocket. Yeah, probably. We'll just have to be more careful from now on. Right. Good afternoon, Corpus Christi! I did surprise you, Alan, didn't I? Only just a few weeks later. Okay, quiet, please. This is a big day, generously supported by the CBC, who have their cameras with us today. Wave, everyone! We are happy to host this announcement today here at Corpus Christi. Let's show some school spirit! Toronto's Emerging Writer Award. For a young writer in the city, between the ages 15 and 21, who shows exceptional promise in the field of fiction. Almost always awarded to a first or second year student in university. The winner will be awarded a cash prize and a coveted mentorship with Brick Publishing House. Never before won by any young person below the age of 18. I am thrilled to do the honors. I have a sealed envelope here in my hand. Awarded the last eight years to a young white male. So, without further ado, the recipient of the CBC Toronto Emerging Writer of the Year goes to... One of our own students, Laura Paget. Thank you, Mr. Wells. Thank you to the CBC for choosing me. This is a piece I've written, which is part of a larger series of short works called Behind. She stood there, staring at the door handle. He had just been there, and she was already remembering. His hands wrapped around the cold brass lump as he closed it shut and left the room. His hands those hands that were both rough and gentle. He was always leaving rooms, she thought, and she always stayed in them. She wondered what to do next, how to fill the time until the next visit. A brief moment of terror trickled down her forehead, a bead of sudden panic. What if he never reaches for that door handle again? What if that was it, the end, and she didn't even know it? What if this moment of remembering was the start of chapter two and she was completely ignorant to the fact that she was starting a new phase of life? What a boring beginning. The trickle quickly became a flood and she thought, I will now die. Her heart hammered away at her chest. She closed her eyes tight and breathed deeply like her psychiatrist told her to. And after three deep breaths, like always, her psychiatrist floated into her vision like a beautiful Tinkerbell. Sarah was her name. Sarah floated there and said in the most beautiful melodic voice that could only belong to a perfect nymph, Sarah said, Dear, sweet, crying girl, the truth is that he will leave. 
leaving nothing but the loneliest silence and a cold draft that will wrap itself around your trembling little body and will never go away. Eventually, it will keep you warm. This is the truth, the truth that will tunnel its way into your bones and slowly crack them open into a million tiny fractions until you are a crackling frozen skeleton. The ones you love the most go away, always, inevitably. This is the truth. But just because this is it doesn't mean you stop railing against the inevitable. Doesn't mean you stop believing that this time will be the different time because you are a great many things. A great, great many. You are too talented and beautiful to be a secret. This is it. Always. Inevitably. Then Sarah the nymph fluttered away leaving traces of sparkle dust in the place of tears. And they cheered. Corpus Christi students are famously lethargic. I was shocked. It was a short excerpt. I didn't have to hold their attention for too long. Laura. I told you, didn't I? What? I said I would surprise you. You did. There were cameras, too. I wasn't even nervous. I'm very proud of you. It's a big step. Sorry I'm late, by the way. It's all right. I had marking to do anyway. I was just chatting at the end of my math class and lost track of time. Laura, you, um... Yes? You know, I think you're a brilliant writer. You know, I think you're one of the most intelligent students, one of the most intelligent young women I've ever met. Okay. So, you must know then, being such a smart young woman, you must be aware of how I must have felt about this work that you chose to share. So publicly. I thought you wanted me to share my work. Of course I do, but... uh, What happened to you'll be reading to the masses soon enough? Laura. Alan. You named Sarah in your writing. Sarah's a pretty common name. You didn't even think to ask me first to see if I would be comfortable with you sharing this? It's my work. Do I need your permission? It's a fiction prize, Laura. Fiction is based on some kind of reality, Alan. You always said not to censor myself. It was on television. I was standing right behind you. I had no idea when I opened that envelope that your name was going to be on that sheet. You could have warned me, at least. I must have looked so transparent on TV, for Christ's sake. What? Are you so afraid of, Alan? Some consideration would have been nice. You're scared Sarah will find out and it'll blow up in your face and you'll lose everything? Has it ever occurred to you that I might be scared for you too? Me? Yes, of course, you. Laura, do you think I could just throw my hands up in the air tomorrow, announce to the world that I'm in love, that, that, that I'm in love in a way I've never been before, uh, a love that challenges me finally, with my student? My brilliant and mature and teenaged student, do you think anyone would understand me? Do you think if I did that, we could just just live happily ever after, not a care in the world? I don't know. No? Laura, this is not a small thing. You see those cameras today? There'd be a lot more of those. Your life would never be the same. It already isn't. Of course I worry about Sarah. Of course I'm afraid that this will all blow up in my face. But don't think for one second that I don't think of you. And your life and your future and how bright you are. I don't want to ruin you. I think of that day a lot. My first public appearance. Everyone was listening to me. I felt both weak and strong. I could have said anything I wanted to. You're late. 
I know. I'm sorry. I've been waiting for almost an hour. I was in the library and I lost track of time. I was about to pack up and go home. I was writing. We write together. I said I'm sorry. That's the whole point of this club. I know. You could have texted me. I will. Next time. That would be considerate. Oh, you're right. I should have messaged you. I'm sorry. Can I make it up to you? I've been bad. Stop. I should be punished. I'm not in the mood. Punish me. Wait, Alan, wait. What? Maybe we shouldn't hear. When's that ever stopped us before? Someone could come in. Let's go to the park. I want you now. There's still a lot of students around. Who gives a shit? Let's just go to the park, I don't care about fucking students. I care about you. Let your fear strengthen your work. Harness it. I'm good at that. Really good. It's like when I write, I am brave. Like, jump off the diving board brave. This is the place where I am big, huge, tall, way above everyone else. You helped me discover that, Mr. Wells. Save your apologies. I'm already packing my wait, stuff. Wait, don't leave. I'm heading home. I'm here. I'm sorry. I'm not that I late. am not doing this anymore. Waiting around like a ridiculous puppy dog. I was in the library for last period, and then Michael from class wanted a bit of help on the ISU. What's the point in making plans? I was helping a student in your class. That has to count for something. Michael? Michael Messina? Yeah, he was a little stuck on the critical thinking section. Michael Messina couldn't think critically if you forced him at gunpoint. Don't waste your time. He's nice. The only critical thinking that boy will ever have to do in his life is while he fills out the online application for unemployment insurance. He was actually very interested. Oh, please. You're his teacher. It's realism. The world needs plumbers, too. What is wrong with you? Are you staying here, or are you going back to the library to resume your pro bono position of teaching assistant? You're being pretentious. You're being selfish. I said I was sorry. That's what you've been saying, Laura. Sorry, sorry, sorry. This is our only time together, and you can't make it a priority? Yeah, you're right. It is our only time together. What is that supposed to mean? Nothing. You are not going to start playing that game now. I make as much time for you as humanly possible. I make too much time for you. I am running out to see you when I should be at home. I'm making up the most ludicrous excuses. I may as well tell Sarah that I'm spending the afternoon at the zoo, for God's sake, so that I can see you. I am going crazy. I'm losing my fucking mind for you. And you can't make it here for the few hours I can spend with you? I am trying my best here. I am killing myself for us. I wait for you, too, you know. It's hard for me, just like it's hard for you. I know it's hard. That fact does not escape me. It actually keeps me awake at night. I don't sleep, Laura, for worry. And I didn't want to say anything, but... What? Well, it's just... What? I'm worried. Say it. We haven't had sex in over a week, Laura. Right. It makes me feel connected to you, and it worries me that we haven't. Is that what this is about? Do you realize what I'm risking here? What are you risking? You haven't done anything. You're still with her. I want to leave, but things are... Complicated. I can't just pick up and leave someone who solely depends on me. But you have to understand, I am tired of being dependent on. I'm tired of not feeling like a man. Of always taking care of someone else, but not being taken care of myself. This is for me. This love I have with you. This, this kind of relationship... And the sexual side of it is part of what I mean. I've never had anything like it before, and, and I need it. You help me to remind myself that I'm desirable, really fucking desirable. You do that. And it's not just sex, you know. It's, 
It's what you do for me. I need you, Lo. I need you. April. You must remember this bit, Mr. Wells. Seven months together. Things have progressed, come to a head, figuratively. I know you remember this, but it doesn't hurt to go back, Mr. Wells. You're in the dark. Yes. I thought you'd have gone home by now. I decided to wait. Sorry. Let me guess. You were in the library. No. Michael and a few of the other kids from class invited me to go for ice cream. We skipped period four. You skipped class? It was only religious studies. Costa isn't even in the room half the time. He has this bowel problem. He has colitis. You went for ice cream? In winter? It was fun. I had Rocky Road. Sarah's going to have a baby, Laura. She's pregnant. She's three months. Apparently that's the time you have to wait, three months. And then it's safe to announce. How? I doubt I have to explain that to you. Three months? Yes. You said, but you said... She's my wife, Laura. We have to spend some marital time together. You said you haven't... You don't. You're not even that physical with each other. Three months. I've been trying to find the time to tell you, but you've been busy. You're a fucking asshole. Do you think this is fun for me? (sighs) Being in love with one of my students, feeling desirable for the first time in my life when I'm in my 40s? Having that desire felt for me by a 15-year-old? I'm 16 now. Having a wife who is devoted and kind. We're great roommates, my wife and I, Laura. We leave each other courteous notes when we're running out of milk. She gives me quiet space when I'm reading. We never fight. We never fight. Never raise our voices. Never hurl obscenities. Never get catty. And we never feel passion. It's a quiet, peaceful marriage. You've obviously felt a little passion in the last few months. She wanted a baby. She's almost 40 now, and she wanted a baby. I'm having an affair with my underage student. There's a lot. I can't give Sarah right now, but a baby... I can give her. A baby is something I can do. I had sex with Michael Messina. What? That's where I was just now. I wasn't having Rocky Road ice cream. I was fucking him in the park. In the park? Yeah, I did. I have. I've been fucking him for two weeks. Don't say fucking. It's vulgar. Well, that's what it is. I doubt it's a relationship. You're lying. He said that he had a sex dream about me after I read in front of the school that day. He couldn't get me out of his head. Oh, really? He said I was like a Christmas gift he couldn't wait to unwrap. Why are you doing this? Pretty articulate for a future plumber, wouldn't you agree? And he fucks me hard and fast. And I come. I didn't know if I would, but I do. He doesn't quote Fitzgerald and weep while professing his love to me. We just have sex, and it's great. Stop. You fucked me. You're having a baby? I can't believe you. You are so pathetic. You're a liar and a coward, and Sarah should know all about that. I have loved you more than anything in my life. Years from now, when you are barbecuing burgers while your stupid kid calls for you to play catch, and Sarah caramelizes onions inside the house, and you'll think your life is so perfect. You will thank God for your perfect life. I hope you stop in the middle of flipping burgers and think about me. How you loved me. That sweet little what's-her-name that you gave a voice. I don't think I gave you a voice. You're jealous. 
Because all you do is read. You sit at your sad little desk and read other people's work because you are too fucking frightened to say anything yourself. You sit in the dark here and try desperately to turn kids onto extraordinary literature, but you make nothing yourself. You are nothing. You didn't give me a voice. You didn't love me. You fucked me. Don't ever forget that. Laura, wait. You forgot your bag. Please, come back. That night I confessed to my mother that I'd been having an affair with my English teacher. All I have to do is Google and it's all there. I got a new phone, by the way. Not nearly as useful as my old one would have been, but at least it's got Google. In a statement issued from the girl's mother... I'm enraged with Mr. Wells and Corpus Christi Secondary School for allowing my daughter to be perverted by this predator. I intend to pursue the maximum penalty for the pain he has caused my family, and I ask the media to kindly respect the privacy of my daughter as this is a traumatic and difficult time for us. Hello? It's past three in the morning. Is everything okay? You remember that last day in your classroom? before it all spilled down and sloshed together and collected in an infected pool and then slid away down the drain? April. Confused patches of snow furnishing the school parking lot. Nature telling us that spring would never come again. I was hiding out in the library. I wasn't supposed to be in school that day, but I couldn't resist. My eyes were out the window, fixed on that parking lot. And my face twitched when I saw the cars roll in. Then I ran straight to you. Mr. Wells? Laura, what are you doing here? I did something. Are you alright? They're here. Oh. Well, what are you gonna do? I'm, um, gonna sit down and wait. That's all? Yes. That's all. Alan, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, too. Do you want me to turn the light off? No, Laura, please. In the pseudo-dark, anything's possible. You should go. Goodbye, Alan. Goodbye, Lo. Minutes later, you were descended upon, and the pudgy police handcuffed you and took you away. And I was just a ghost. They carried you away from our classroom where you read to me for the first time ever in my life. Extraordinary works. A part of me stayed in that spot. A part of me is still there, in the dark. Always the dark. And I hope she'll be a fool. That's the best thing a girl can be in this world, a beautiful little fool. (laughs) I understand Daisy Buchanan. I do understand her, but... You know, I'd rather not be a fool, Mr. Wells. I think I'd rather know things. You know what I would have loved to know on that day? Sitting in our classroom, waiting for you to be carted away, blaming myself the whole time for ruining your life. I would have loved to know that Principal Mater called you the night before that day in March. Hello? It's past three in the morning. Is everything okay? She called you late at night to warn you of what was coming. I would have loved to know that. She warned you before I did. 
But you didn't really need Principal Mater's warning, did you? You were already prepared. You fucked me! You're having a baby? I can't believe you! You are so pathetic! You're a liar and a coward, and Sarah should know all about that! Laura, wait! You forgot your bag! You didn't need Principal Mater's warning. You already knew what was going on. You knew enough to destroy the only piece of proof I had. Of course, by the time I realized I left my bag, it was too late. You are clever, aren't you, Mr. Wells? But I'm clever too. It may have taken ten years, but I'm back. I'll get it. Things worked out for you, Mr. Wells. Insufficient evidence. You had to endure a little bit of questioning and a little attention from the media about the young student obsessed with her teacher, the creative mind who, in her obsession, concocted an entire story about an affair to ruin him. Are you expecting anybody, Sarah? I didn't get into university. You know that? You can imagine. A student with a record of mental instability, a stint in a troubled youth facility with a history of cutting, a false accusation against an innocent former teacher. What university will commit to a girl like that? But let the message conquer the fear. Well, I did that, Mr. Wells. I did it, and it worked out for me too. Because guess what? I've written a book, just like you said I would. I really impressed Brick Publishing. My first book. And it's full and beautiful and lots of people are going to read it. And it's about you. Don't worry. I know. I'm a writer of fiction, so I changed your name. Dear Mr. Wells, I called it. I even have an agent, you know, and she seems to think that this book might even be a bestseller. At 25 years old? Without a university degree. Can you believe it? Maybe I'll be on Oprah and her book club or something. Even though I know I will write other books in the future. Psst, I've already started on my second. I really love this first one. Firsts. You never get over your first, so... Here it is. Our story. I wanted you to be the one to read it first. Because it's hard to love someone. To know that they helped shape you into the beautiful and awful person you are. It's hard to love them and not have them know what they've done to you. So, happy reading. I figure you'll have lots of time to do that now. It's summer. Be sure to tune in next week for a bonus episode, an interview with the playwright of Lowe or Dear Mr. Wells. This piece was written by Rose Napoli and featured Vivian Endercott Douglas and David Jensen. The original workshop production was directed by Andrea Donaldson. Visit playmepodcast.com to learn more about our podcast, to leave a comment, or to let us know what you think of our shows. Play Me is produced by Laura Mullen and Chris Tolley, and this episode was edited by Chris Tolley. The associate producer is Rashanik Jaberi. Play Me is funded by the Toronto Arts Council, the Ontario Arts Council, and the Ontario Trillium Foundation. Special thanks to our partners, the Playwrights Guild of Canada, the Toronto Fringe Festival, and the Spiderweb Show. If you're interested in other dramatic podcasts, be sure to check out How to Build a Fire by Kat Sandler. Play Me is an Expect Theatre production. For more information, visit playmepodcast.com.
For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.